Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew discusses Commander-related topics, and today we're going to be talking about expensive cards that we feel are worth purchasing, they're worth the investment, and they're worth the price point that they're at. Uh, we're also having a shakeup on the uh, on the Commander Clash podcast crew. Um, generally speaking, it would be uh, me and Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive. How's it going, Seth? I'm doing well, Tomer. How are you today? Good, good, good. And it would also be Krim, Asian Avenger. Krim, how's it going, That's Krim? That's me. Hi. Uh, it's going well. I woke up early for once. Oh, early. It's I'm, like, dreading, I'm actually dreading it. My eyes hurt, but it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> 11.23 for you in the morning. Um, yes. That is which... that is like the like that is sun up for me, like crack of dawn, by the way. <laughs> crack of you know dawn. That. Yeah, blackout curtains everywhere. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then, yeah, for, for the fourth person, we usually had Richard, a.k.a. the Codfather, uh, joining us in the fourth spot. But Richard um, is busy with ba- baby stuff, so he's uh, taking a backseat from um, Commander Clash and the podcast temporarily. And joining in his place is Commander Clash, uh, a roster crew member, uh, Phil, a.k.a. the Bruce Kitchen, uh, joining us permanently um, for the foreseeable future. So welcome to the podcast, Phil. It's not Hey-o. your first time, but, no, you know. <laughs> First time as a permanent member, so hello, yes. welcome, welcome. Uh, are you excited to talk about? Uh, yes, I am excited. Though. Yeah, I am excited to talk about Commander. What I'm not too excited about is I usually listen to the podcast, and now I can't listen to it anymore because now I, I won't. I, no, I know what's <laughs> happening. So I guess uh, one last still podcast. Listen Maybe to. that was. Maybe that was a reason not to add Phil. Now we're going to be negative one one listener in our <laughs> analytics. <laughs> Minus one. Wait, wait, wait. Ritual will us with us, oh, right? Oh, there we go. There, right? There we go. Probably, Richard, yeah. you have to leave a comment if you... If you... <laughs> if, you, if you're listening to this all right um so yeah today we're going to be talking about uh cards that we we consider are expensive investments in commander but we think are worth the money worth uh purchasing in the long run um so these could be cards that we consider staples that are just you know the best at what they do and therefore they're worth uh paying their cost or maybe uh they could also be cards that we consider maybe underpriced for for how effective they are too uh those cards are op- options as well or whatever else we consider uh good pickups that we would recommend people because oftentimes i get in situations or, or get asked um by people like in getting into commander they don't have a collection or anything and they're looking to uh upgrade their decks from their pre-cons or whatever uh, whatever uh, deck that they started off with. And the question often becomes like, what should I buy? What should I pick up for my deck? What should I pick up at, in general, uh, spend my money on for, for the higher ticket items? So hopefully this will be um, something that, you know, can be helpful for, for those people. So kicking things off, Seth, what do you have first on the list? Uh, an expensive card that you think is, is worth the price. Maybe uh, also well, what the price <clears throat> is, too. Well, first, Homer, I have a question for you that's unrelated. Uh, I was thinking about getting a new playmat. <clears throat> my, my old playmat's a, oh. <laughs> a little bit, uh, you know, getting a little raggedy. Do you have any advice for me as far as, as, far as that goes? Well, let me tell you, Seth, because that is a great question that I might have forgotten to, to plug. Uh, we actually have a playmat that is on sale right now, a limited edition playmat. Super sweet. It, an entirely different style 
than the usual play mats that we have on sale at mtggoldfishmerch.com. Head on over to mtggoldfishmerch.com. You can check out a beautiful new play mat um, that is limited edition, available now until July 31st. So the end of this, yep, end of this uh, month. If you are watching this on YouTube, Seth actually has an exclusive early copy mm-hmm. of the so play mat that he's, he's showing on, on the thing. <laughs> yeah, it's so exclusive that I don't even have a copy of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's so exclusive. Yeah, I wish I had that. Oof. Gee, um, I wish I could get one. Where would I yeah. find one of those? <laughs> Where would I find one? <sighs> MTGoldfishMerch.com. It's drawn by Andrew Thompson. This is the first time we've commissioned artwork from him. Uh, fantastic artist uh, and did an, an amazing job showcasing um, this exclusive new playmat. You can get it in a regular stitched and of extra fancy foil stamped stitched version, which has all of our signatures and this like metallic foil on it that looks really really cool so head on over to ntgoldfishmerch.com for that uh okay with that plug out of the way uh now seth what is the first card on your list that you would recommend uh you know dishing out the monies for so this one was actually a pretty easy choice when i think about cards that are expensive but worth the money i really Mm. want cards that don't have a a easy budget replacement so the first thing that came to mind for me was cyclonic rift cyclonic rift is like 34 dollars which is a lot of money for any magic card but especially for what it does the thing about cyclonic rift though which is two mana bounce a non-land permanent you don't control or seven mana overload it bounce all non-land permanents you don't control there's really just not another card that does what it uh, what cyclonic rift does you have blue mass bounce spells well first i should say blue doesn't really get wraths blue's way of dealing with the board is by bouncing everything so it's not like you have a damnation or a wrath of god Uh, so blue's way of dealing with stuff is bouncing it most of the bounce in blue like evacuation or whatever makes you also pick up your stuff which is a bit of a bummer cyclonic rift it only hits your opponents it's like the plague wind of mass bounce and unlike a lot of these effects it's also an instant so you might have like a slim vodder or something that can bounce most of your opponent's stuff but it's only sorcery speed being instant lets you do it at the end of your opponent's turn and then you get to untap and use all your mana first and get the advantage out of it so i see cyclonic rift even though i really dislike this card and sometimes leave it out of my decks mm-hmm. just because i think it's overpowered i see this as just a really solid investment at 34 dollars that you will play in literally any deck that has blue mana counter offer it's not fun though <laughs> well, anyway. counter offer though uh, what's what's the counter offer what what is so the best replacement there's a really good board wipe in blue if you say floodgate Easily... Tomer, i swear to god i swear to god if you go to floodgate here we're done no we're done floodgate so floodgate has an issue where okay so floodgate is really good first of all oh, uh, when it, it leaves okay. it's a, it's a like three mana or four mana four mana creature <laughs> when it leaves the battlefield it deals damage to your opponent's creatures or to all non-blue creatures equal to half the number of islands you control very good but you have to be mono blue for that so i'm not going to use that or, okay. or two color blue Okay, but even better, though. Fade away. Three mana sorcery for each creature. That creature's controller pays one or sacrifices a permanent. Three mana. It's like a toxic delusion we- blue. <laughs> Easily splashable. And, it's like a toxic delusion. Less than a dollar. Less than a dollar, folks. I, I'm just saying. We've, I just, we've had experiences with Fade Away, and we yeah. have seen it be really good, but we've also seen it be really bad. I think what Cyclonic Rift has is consistency. It's always <laughs> going to make your opponent pick up all their stuff. Fade Away, when it works out, is actually really powerful. But then there's times when your opponents just like have their mana up or whatever, and it kind of doesn't do anything. 
did you it, i love that you're just like it's okay. like toxic deluge i'm like oh, <laughs> toxic is it? deluge. it's the toxic toxic deluge. deluge. okay write okay. that down <laughs> okay okay all right all right <laughs> you'll all see you'll all see seriously True though enough. is there anything that even comes close to cyclonic rift like let's say this is out of your budget what is it like evacuation is that the next best option if you're just trying to kind of have a bad board wipe in blue like the the next option like the the problem here is that like nothing else like fully mass bounces as hard as this does like without hitting your own stuff which is the problem because otherwise you'd have like devastating tide with miracle i guess maybe but that hits your own stuff Mm -hmm. so i don't know i think maybe like i like river's rebuke but it's only one person that's the problem and it's sourcing yeah. the, the, the years like there's just nothing that's yeah, it might be evacuation actually because that is instant speed and that's the only thing i can think of that's yeah. like pretty solid bouncing for for instance there's there's none that are so so good in every single deck that's the problem like you can have sorcery speed mass bounce like crash uh, Crusher Tentacles, which bounces your own stuff, but you get an 8-8 eight, eight if you if you cast it for Surge. There's like Flood of Tears, which bounces everything, but again, you get something back if you bounce enough uh, non-tokens. But There's like sorcery, the, the Crim right? Special. I forgot the name of it, but it was from Shadows over Innistrad, which is the bounce, oh, but I love Consuming that. Vortex consuming or something t- like that? Consuming Tide? Consuming Consu- Tide? I love that card, but also Sorcery. Yeah. Also sorcery. This one and it's this one's asymmetrical instant speed. There's just not an equivalent in blue. And it's so good that you'd run it in non-blue decks like or you wouldn't you would run a mono blue decks, but you'd run it in basically any deck. It doesn't really matter what the deck is trying to accomplish. Like you can just jam it into most of your decks and your deck will get better when you add it. So it's very versatile. Like if you don't like your deck and you take it apart, you can still have that cyclonic rift and put it into some some other blue deck and it's gonna be good there too. So yeah, I agree. This is like worth the money for sure. It's no fade away, but I mean, you need a second board wipe. <laughs> you need to stop bringing that card. <laughs> you need to stop. You need to stop, Tover. <laughs> yeah, let's really just good. let that. Let's let that joke fade away. <laughs> 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 All right, that was good. The, the thing is, Tomer's not joking. <laughs> like we're taking it as a joke, but Tomer is not joking. That's the thing. So. I'll, the disrespect. I'll just keep getting you with it until you until you respect it. <laughs> keep getting us with it. I I copied it with Jenga Texas and it's was still bad. <laughs> Blue toxic deluge. All right, I'm not taking questions. Um, I can acknowledge that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of board wipes, though, Krim, you have a board wipe for us for for your top pick as well. Yes, yes, I have a board wipe that I you know at first I didn't think it was like that like that good to warrant the price tag that it's at. But then as I started like like playing around with it a lot more, the meat hook, the meatball massacre, as you know, like I like calling <laughs> it that, but the meat hook massacre is like fifty dollars right now. And Woo! It looks just kind of like a a like a blood artisty kind of thing, but it's so much better than that because like holy cow, this board wipe scales exactly what you want, uh, like to how you want. And whenever any creature controlled like dies, that opponent controls, you gain a life. The life gain is actually pretty major. Like just having. Wait, so it what s- exactly does it do? Uh, oh, right. Tell the, the entire card. The, the we'll meat hook massacre enters the battlefield. Each creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, and it costs X and black black. Uh, mm-hmm. Whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life, and whenever a creature an opponent control dies, you gain one life. So 
your own creatures dying, sure, the draining is one thing, but like for a control deck and stuff like that, holy, any deck really, it doesn't matter. Like any deck can play this. That's the main thing about how good this sweeper is. Whenever a creature and opponent dies, you gain a life. And that actually adds up a lot. You don't even have to do anything, just when things naturally die all the time in a game of Commander. I I was very surprised over the course of a, like just a few turns how much life I gained and didn't do anything. I just sat around and like just things yeah. died. I'm like, what? Oh, I'm like at 60 life randomly. I'm just <laughs> sitting here doing nothing. So I, I think this card is very much so worth the price. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very expensive, but it's maybe the best board wipe in Second Commander, best. in casual Commander. Second, but what's what's the first best in casual? Farewell, fade away, farewell, farewell. Probably the Uh, only reason why farewell's Uh. not on this is because for some odd reason we had a criteria. We had to have it be a little bit more expensive. Farewell is actually cheap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so for because I didn't I didn't mention in the intro, we're sticking to cards that are currently over ten dollars US, according to our MTG Goldfish price. Um, so that might change by the time you're listening to the podcast, obviously, but, uh, yeah, so some cards that are cheaper than under $10, we, we decide to omit just because like, they're not really, we didn't consider them expensive. Our criteria is over $10 for expensive and farewell being like five bucks, bucks, six bucks is, uh, relatively cheap to pick up. I think I'm going to say, I, I don't know if I think Meat Hook Massacre is worth it, honestly. So here's my thinking. My th- Meat Hook Massacre is great. It's a really powerful card. Everything Krim said about it is true. But there's two reasons that I would say I think maybe it's not worth it right now. One of them is you do have other options that can kind of replace it. Like, if you just want a Wrath of War, you got Damnation, Crux of Fate, uh, Toxic Deluge. They're not going to gain you the life. You're not going to get the incidental damage. But really, the, the primary purpose of Meat Hook Massacre is like, I got to get these creatures off the board. And there's just, like, cheaper ways you can do it. The other reason I think this one will change is Meat Hook Massacre is, like, a standard staple. And I think part of the reason why it's $50 right now is, like, standard players are buying it along with other formats. So I'm hoping that maybe if we wait enough another year and it gets out of standard the price will drop to like thirty dollars or something and then i would be much more in the like okay mm-hmm. now it's definitely worth it at thirty dollars when at 50 i feel like you're you're paying a little tax because the standard players are also buying it do, do people who plays paper plays standard yeah i don't even know there's anybody. dozens there's <laughs> dozens no of way. Dozens. They, i think the cut oh. is just um, you're no, playing in so, the past. This is 2018 mentality. Yeah. There. <laughs> LGSs so think, have had like problems firing standard events, paper standard oh events. Oh, God. Does anybody know how much Midnight Hunt was So I think it's Midnight Hunt, That right? That is why I would believe that that it is expensive, because... I think it's, it's just for high demand and not... It's a mythic. Like, yeah, it's a, a, a low like a low quantity. Like, nobody opened the set, right? And yeah. I think, like, immediately off the bat... Commander players bought it more than standard players. I think and, so. Like, it's so impressive in Commander. I don't think it's right. A, like the the drain is also major, right? So like sure it's, it's not just any any like some decks can really utilize that. So it's just good in so mm-hmm. many different decks. I, I don't know. Like, yeah, also, I think uh, it's good, but it's not fifty dollars. The good. drain fifty dollars is a lot. Yeah. You you could sell me on it for specific decks, I think. You could sell me if yeah. I was building, like, Corvald or something. Then I would probably feel like, okay, like, I don't really want to pay 50 bucks for this, but it's worth it. Since I'm sacrificing stuff, it's really part of my main game plan. If I'm just, like, some random black pile, 
It's going to be hard to sell me on $50 Toxic Deluge if I could buy, like, $15 or $50 Meat Milk Massacre when I could buy, like, $15 Toxic Deluge or something. No, but the thing is, I I often, like, I play uh, Meat Milk Massacre, I think, in every black deck, unless I forget about it. Uh, But often you, even if you're behind, it feels like Decree of Pain, where you just... Mm-hmm. Just catch up with the table and somehow you wipe Ooh. the board and now you're at 50 life because Ooh. you wiped 10 creatures from one opponent and then you're super back in the game. And it's Imagine great against all pain. the little little green dorks, right? Like like green decks always have little dorks and one ones and things like that. Like this, as someone who's often arch enemy, maybe the reason why I enjoy <laughs> this card so much is because my life total, I'm like, ble- <laughs> like bleeding the Resets, whole time I'm yeah. playing. Beaten to a pulp. So... That's why I think the life gain is so relevant here. For so, for, if you're yeah. playing a deck that is often hated against, or if you're the arch enemy player, this has a lot of value for you. <laughs> or if you're just pl- like you know what I mean, like if you're playing a powerful deck, I know Phil plays powerful decks and and whatnot too. So, so like the thing here is we, you know, oftentimes you're the punch, you're the the, the blood, like the blood bag, right? So you got to gain mm-hmm. the life back, and this is a huge, huge spell for that. Mm. I agree. I think it's also it. It also counts as a finisher. Like whenever a creature you control dies, each opponent loses one life. So it's essentially your blood artist or Zulpur Cutthroat. So if you ever playing aristocrats or something and you have a lot of death triggers, that that will actually just kill your opponents. Yeah, uh, and it's so, each not target. Remember that. Yeah, that's why it's yeah. so good, right? Like so. So if I'm running a, an aristocrat stack, yeah, I'll, I'll be more considering on shelling out uh fifty dollars for it but but even random know, black like piles so want this because I, it's I really like... good i would i would definitely spend like 20 30 dollars for it but like it's toxic they lose a 17 and like you have damnation but it's, but and you it's have not, like it's other not things. it's not just a simple toxic as a matter of fact toxic deluge isn't great when you're when you're beaten <laughs> to a bloody pulp at times right like i think that toxic deluge is very True. good but like this is actually a way to get you back like life total. Wait, you still have to cast I, like eight to kill six sixes or something. Like, yeah, you have sure. to spend eight mana to kill a six six. Sure. Like, it's you not going to kill a, the big stuff. It, it is way more expensive when you think about mana wise. Like, how much, if you want to kill something big. But yeah. It's Whereas, something... like, a damnation is like, how much is a damnation? It's $18. But everything is lot. indestructible <sighs> in 2022. So, Okay, so here's here's the question. You're building a mono black deck. You can get Meat Hook Massacre or Toxic Deluge Damnation and Decree of Pain. Which pile do you pick? Or a Decree of Pain. <laughs> then maybe. <laughs> I only get one no, of those No, only four? Secret Lair, Decree you get one, of Pain. No, either all three or the Meat Hook Massacre. Because financially, it adds up to be, like, roughly, oh. give or take, the same amount. Like, if you're a new player building a black deck, would you rather have all three of the, the lesser rasks, quote-unquote, or one Meat Hook Massacre? Yeah, that's a good, good point. I guess I like fair. yeah. For fifty dollars, I would take the the obviously the three cards, right? Like like yeah, I would <laughs> take the three cards. The, but that's always like the nine case. board wipes. So yeah, yeah I would just play them all. <laughs> Krim needs them all. Krim needs every board wipe. Uh, I mean, I do love Meat Hook Massacre. It's like it's such a great card. It really is. I just hope it gets a little more expensive. Reprint it, Watsy. Get the price Wait, down a bit, and then well, yeah, cheaper, cheaper. Well, you mean a little cheaper? A little cheaper. You're a yeah, Freudian slip, Mike. Just like, just yeah, sounds to be like yeah, on a yeah, pile yeah. of like a hundred cans. I wish the, it was a little bit more expensive. No, other other it's, way. Yeah, I little. think it's just gonna rise in price. I don't think standard has anything to do with it. What about yeah, reprints, it's, it's just it's just <laughs> not a popular sure. set that was open. That's why, and I I, yeah. I seriously do not 
standard events, at least in like California, by the way, which is which is a pretty small uh, state, uh, has has had problems running <laughs> events. Ooh. So I'm just saying, I I don't think standards like inflating this price. And I mean, I guess Great Henge is still like fifty bucks, so yeah. that that rotated from standard and is still like very expensive. So yeah, and yeah, I th- you might I be think right. this is probably where it's gonna sit. Yeah, it might sadly. dip for a window, but I yeah, sadly, but it will probably sit around here. Hmm. Hmm. So it might be expensive, but maybe there's a there's a argument that if it's gonna go up, maybe you pick it up. But I don't know, $50 is a lot, man. I don't know. Yeah, $50 is a lot, too. <laughs> Magic the Gathering is a very expensive game. Think of, <laughs> and think of how many fadeaways you could buy for that, for that yeah, price. Just, just <laughs> could build a whole house out of fadeaways. You could just play white and play Farewell instead for $6. So, But, fair, but again, fair, the, a Farewell is the best board wipe. I will stand by that. <laughs> it's, a, but, it's a different color. Yeah, it is a different color. But like I, I just I I cannot color. stress how good the drain and the, the the pain and the life gain is. It's so good. It keeps going. It's the gift that keeps on giving, even after <laughs> it sits on the board. Yeah. To be honest, I think fifty dollars is a lot, but I think this card actually helps you win the game more than any other board wipe, except for I guess Decree of Pain. But this and farewell because it does double as a but finisher. Farewell is like a, just the clean, cleanest board wipe. Like this actually gets you so much value. Like sometimes you just mm. play it like five turns ago, and then you wonder, oh, I'm at sixty life just because my opponents attacked each other. It's so <laughs> so good. I, I just don't like happens. how much mana. Like you just not. It's not reliable in terms of killing all the bigger creatures. Like if you're against yeah. a stompy deck, like, this is going to be kind of sus. I mean. Decree of Pain is eight mana, right? That's yeah. the thing. It's eight mana, and roughly eight mana, this would probably kill the same amount of things. I don't draw the cards. That's the difference. Yeah. But you gain some life. Although I've been cutting Decree of Pain for my decks too. That's a, that's one that used to be like a staple for me, and I've started just focusing oh, on cheaper ass commander. Like, but it's so, so powerful now. But anyway, we're getting off track. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we need to we need to move on to the, the third card, or else we're going to be a two hour podcast. So. Let's move on. Phil, uh, what do you got for us? So my card is Seagate Restoration, the mythic MDFC from Zendika, the land MDFC. And that's where, the what's the good point about it? It's just completely irreplaceable. It's a it theoretically do? untapped land that also draws you a million cards, gives you no maximum hand size, so many games, like... When you stabilize and cast this, it's usually over. Not immediately, but it's just way too much value on a. So, so, but land. card, card text, card text. Cause yeah, people are okay. listening on podcasts. <laughs> True. Seven mana. Draw cards equal to the number of cards in your hand plus one. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game, and you can also play it as a land, which enters untapped if you pay three life. Otherwise, it's tapped. So it's a lightning bolt land and. It's just an amazing draw spell. It's like, unless I forget about it, which is always the caveat for my it's the things I say. Yeah, but otherwise, I think I play this in every blue deck. And if you want to spend sixteen dollars on a card, this one will make it in every blue deck. Every I almost play them. Would you play them in five color? I don't know about that, but 
<laughs> Seth would. Yes. Yes. <laughs> one, one, you, can, you can fit the, fit the mythic I mean, once in five colors. I mean, I'm the mythic. Yeah, it's Manifix. No but it draws me you. cards. It, it draws me cards. Well, okay. not all of us it's want 20 basics, Stormer. Not all of us need to have 20 basics. I mean, I'm the biggest MDFC believer, so I'm with Phil on this one. It's only it's only 16 bucks, which I know only like that. That's still yeah. a big chunk of money, but it's not 50 bucks or whatever. I think these are hey. cards that are going <laughs> to. Yeah, it's not think, 50 bucks. <laughs> I think these are cards that are going to probably keep going up in value. And I would take it a step further and say, like, get all the MDFCs while they're still like sort of in print and like whatever. Like, this is probably a time. Like, I, I just yeah. I play as many of them as possible. Then they all say, the, like, the MDFCs are, are harder really to print. Like, like they just can't always do double double sided cards. Like it's an additional yeah. cost and hassle with printing, so not every set can do it. So it does make it. I, I think it's less likely that like a random commander precon has a double sided card because Wizards just doesn't want to go yeah. through the hassle of printing it. So harder to reprint, and we've seen prices even like ticking up over the. If you look at just like the price chart of Seagate uh, Restoration, it was t- like ten dollars a year ago, and it's just like month by month slowly like yeah. ticking up, ticking up as commander players get it for their decks. So. I, I'm also, totally hashtag on board not with this. financial advice. <laughs> Agadim's Awakening is like twenty five, like twenty bucks or something, right? Oh, so, I yeah. opened one of these recently, oh, oh. and I don't even play a black commander deck. But oh boy, am I happy that I got it because yeah. these aren't gonna get cheaper anytime. They like, they are so yeah. hard to reprint. And Seagate Restoration is the best best one of them. Seagate Restoration I, is really good. I don't, I don't know if it's five. Like I would say, uh, I'm like the second. Like, of us, I'm, like, the second highest on MDFCs. I'm nowhere near Seth, but I do love MDFCs. So, this card is... But, yeah. It's one of the good... Dude. Yeah, Dude. Uh, top five for sure. We, okay, we have a whole five? MDFC oh, tier list that, yeah, we have a tier that you can listen to oh, if you yeah, want to hear us debate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll link it in the YouTube if you're listening on YouTube. But, like, Seagate um, Restoration is very good. Yeah. Yeah, I would it run it in basically every... Like every monocolor, two color, and three color blue deck, and I'd start thinking about it for four, and I would have run it for five. It's l- it's less free when you start going above three colors, unless you're Seth, of yeah. course. <laughs> yeah, but like it's so it's so easy because like yeah, you you don't you don't really have to think about it in a monocolor, two color, three color blue deck. Like it will slot in all the time. And it's so easy to slot in, and it always has good value. Every single time I draw it or have it in my hand, like I'm happy to see it. So yeah, it's just it's just a good a good card to pick up because you're always gonna get some good value out of it. And drawing cards is sweet. So, and then you never have to discard again. That's even better. Yeah, that's very good. It's like yeah. an emblem, right? You get for the yeah. rest of the game. Yeah. You don't have yeah maximum hand size. Yeah, this is this is definitely. I guess we're unanimous on this one. It's pretty easy to to snap this one up. All right. We'll move on to the next one then. I have a double whammy. I cheated. Um, I put the two best tutors, two, two arguably the two best uh, tutors in the format. Uh, the first one is Vampiric Tutor. Uh, this is a black instant that says search your library for a card. Put that on top of your library. Or, yeah, put... So, uh, sorry. Search your library for a card. Um, uh, then shuffle your library and put that card on top. Um, and you lose two life, and it's instant speed for one black. And the other one is Demonic Tutor, which is two uh, mana for a sorcery that says your library for a card. Put that card into your hand, then shuffle your library. So Vampiric Tutor, instant speed, half uh, one mana, put it on top. Um, and the Demonic Tutor is two mana, sorcery speed, put it in your hand. 
These are just simply the two best tutors in the format. They get any card you need. So if you're missing a land drop, you get that. If you need a board wipe, you get that. If you need a creature or you need a combo piece or you need finisher or whatever you need, uh, you get whatever you need at any given time for the cheapest rate. Um, and the, the options beyond these, like Demonic Tutor, you have other cards that let you tutor. For example, Grim Tutor is three mana, you lose three life. Uh, Diabolic Tutor is four mana. Um, but Demonic Tutor is just so efficient at what it does that it honestly, it, I started taking out Diabolic Tutor for my budget brews. Like it's just four mana to search your library for a card to put into your hand. Generally speaking, I won't always have the mana to actually cast that spell. That's the biggest detriment to it. I have to wait another turn to actually cast it. Whereas Demonic Tutor, it's two mana. It's much more likely that I can tutor up the spell that I need and then immediately cast it on the same turn. Um, and Vampiric Tutor is great. While it doesn't put it into your hand, it puts it on top of your library. It, being at instant speed means you can wait and assess the entire board state and then cast and find the perfect card for your next turn. Um, so it sets up really well. Um and yeah, these cards are kind of expensive. Demonic Tutor is like $36. Vampiric Tutor is creeping up. Like I think it's like uh, $50. Um, but I think like these are cards you're never going to be upset to have in your deck. Uh, and they're always going to be useful in whatever deck you run. Oh, sorry. It's like $43. So those would be my options. Like just these generic tutors that just fit any deck and are always the best at what they do. When you When you're talking like like you know like just like how good they are i agree fully i don't Mm -hmm. i don't really run them that much but like i i do think that these cards are great like they're the if you're gonna tutor these are probably the best tutors Mm -hmm. your budget comment was interesting to me because my initial thought when i saw these was like if you're on a tight budget do you just play diabolic tutor do you just play one of the four or five mana ones that are like so much cheaper would your deck be better if you spent the 40 bucks on whatever and then like played a cheaper tutor so it was interesting to me that you actually like kind of tried that and it didn't work Ah, profane tutor i strongly dislike in most decks because the main power of tutor is being able to get the card that you need right away and i think in commander in specific having to wait two turns is just it's way too long like you'll be dead to the big board of creatures or something potentially by the time it comes off suspend I do yeah. think that you can argue about, like, Grim Tutor. That one's one more mana, but that's still, like, 20 bucks. So if I'm going to spend 20 bucks or 15 bucks on on Grim Tutor, I would probably try to, like, scrape up another 20 and get a Demonic Tutor instead. So I think the next best one, there's one with Spell Mastery. So if you have, like, a Spell Slinger deck, I forget the name of it. Dark but Petition? basically it's... it's uh, What? The, is it the five mana one that nets you three yes. mana back? Yeah. Dark Petition? Dark, Dark Petition. Uh, yeah. Dark Petition. Um, it's five mana, but if you have Spell Mastery, if you have two or more instant send or sorceries in your in your graveyard, uh, you get three mana, three black mana back. So essentially, if you're using that black mana, uh, it's a two mana. Uh, it's like a, another demonic tutor in your deck, and that one's kind of cheap. I think it's like five bucks. That one's really good, but like Vampiric Tutor, Demonic Tutor, you just they're so much more efficient, and they allow you to cast a spell um on your on your turn so i don't know i, I really like the efficiency there it can't i will really say beat. that i rank demonic like way ahead of vampiric tutor so if you're really? just going to choose one i think that i would go with demonic tutor if you have to choose one of these two uh demonic tutor puts a card in your hand vampiric tutor mm-hmm. is technically card disadvantage because you go down a card and it doesn't get back to your hand so i think even though you got to pay one more mana uh i think demonic tutor is uh is the better of the two but they're both true staples of the format yeah i do appreciate like the instant speed allows you to 
kind of like set up your next turn, but it is still disadvantage no matter how you slice it. You can see what your opponents do and then like react to that by being able yeah. to cast an instant speed. So that is definitely an upside, yeah. All right. Well, yeah, not, I'm not, not a much fan of two turns, yeah, but sure. Ah, yeah, two turns. Ah, that's okay, the okay. way to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that could be like a good a good thing to bring up, I guess. Like if if you think if you think tutors are not are not like something you usually go for, then they wouldn't be good pickups, right? So like it really depends on your decks. Like if you yeah. if you want to stay tutorless, then avoid the tutor suggestions for sure. <laughs> but, but if you it's also have to tutor. The, these are the best, right? Like the, like yeah, the yeah. things that you've mentioned are the best tutors. So sure, I, I mean I, it's I also uh, a question if you tutor up a combo piece or a win or like a just interaction. Like I don't know if you are trying to assemble something specific. I guess these are the best ones. I'm not sure. tutors are so boring. I mean, it's, uh, I, I agree fully with Phil. I hate tutors. Cut. So yeah, I feel like ah. Uh, I, too, have tried to cut a lot of tutors for my deck, but at the same time, I wonder if that's just our biases. Like, if if I'm thinking about the average commander player and what I would recommend, like, just a random person to buy, I think most people just play tutors, so yeah, I think they're they good buys like from that perspective, even Correct. though, like, I try to play, like, one per deck at this point, and sometimes none per deck, depending on the, the deck. Mm-hmm. At this point, yeah, well, I don't even want anything. But, but, like, yeah, like, that. That's that's very true. That is 100% great. Our biases have made it to that way. But, like, <laughs> I, I I personally think that they're great pickups. Like, if you're going to tutor, they're great. I don't expect yeah. you to not tutor because I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, plus, Crim's going to have the opposition agent, so he's, he's going to yeah. get whatever you tutor for. <laughs> Crim wants yeah. you to tutor. He just doesn't want to tutor. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I, I, unless if, I'm if you're trying playing to tutor for an opposition agent. Yeah. <laughs> if you have Crim in your play group, then it's actively bad to run these cards, actually. Because he's always going to have it. I do genuinely try to. The only reason I run tutors is so I can tutor for opposition agent, so I can <laughs> shut off tutors. Krim, why didn't you win the game? No, it's the message. <laughs> the scheming symmetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Good. Good. Good points to to note for for tutors in general. Uh, but Seth, what do you got for us next? All right, we got another card that, similar to Cyclonic Rift, I just don't think there's really a good replacement for, and that is Teferi's Protection. Uh, Teferi's Protection, three-mana instant. Until your next turn, your life total can't change. You have protection from everything, and all your permanents phase out, and then uh, your Teferi's Protection gets exiled, so you can't loop it or whatever. This is just, like, the ultimate protection spell. If you look at uh, other options, you got, like, Angel's Grace, which can protect you, but not your board. You got Flawless maneuver that protects your board but not you you can kind of like have two cards that if you piece them together work like a teferi's protection but teferi's protection is just me and my stuff nothing could possibly go wrong if this resolves until my next turn i am completely safe and i think that makes it unique like the the drop to whatever the next best yeah peace out like I, i'm done i'm out of here like you yeah. fight amongst yourselves for a while so i think the fact that there's just nothing else that does really anything close to what teferi's protection does makes it a good buy even though it's like 20 some dollars and i think it's a doubly good buy right now because they just printed uh printed it in double masters 2022 is that a, is that a so pun on double masters <laughs> No, yeah, double uh, goodbye, uh, double masters. Uh, uh, um, uh, so it was like forty or fifty dollars, though, not that long ago, and now it's down yeah. to like twenty three dollars. So this is actually a good time to get yours at a, a quote unquote discount compared to where it was a little bit ago. 
you'd be paying a lot less than I paid for mine. So uh, <laughs> like it, like the I would say this is a timeless purchase if you would, uh, because <laughs> I think this is exactly what Seth has mentioned. There is nothing that can quite do what this card does. Uh, it gets close, but like how efficient it is and cost and all of that. Like oh my god, this card is perfect. I I fully agree. This is a good pickup. And this is another one that you run in any color combination from mono white up to five colors, kind of like Cyclonic Rift. It's just it's so powerful and so unique that it really doesn't matter what colors you are. You're never going to be sad to have this in your deck and the option of like saving yourself. I don't think I've ever been not happy seeing this. I like knowing it's in my hand, except for when someone wheels. <laughs> yeah. I think the closest equivalent was maybe Heroic Intervention, which gives your stuff indestructible. But like. That doesn't prevent you from getting hit for lethal. Right. That doesn't prevent you from, like, somebody exsanguinating you for lethal or something like that, too. Right. Uh, whereas Seferi's Protection pretty much saves you for most mostly anything. Like, if somebody's going to play, like, fast as Oracle, then you still lose. But yeah, outside someone else of, can like, win a the couple game, combos. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Outside of, like, those, which are fairly rare in casual magic, um, this is just too flexible. I don't know if there's any... What the next level, next step would be like heroic intervention just doesn't is just not not there, right? But like the problem is that there's nothing that does the the like the latter half, right? Yeah. Or it's mostly just giving you protection and then like you know phasing you out. Yeah. Like it's either one or the other, either right. fogs or it protects your board, but it doesn't do both. And this does both. Like, this both. And it's only three mana. It's, like, super efficient, too. Like, it's not even some, like, hard-to-leave-up spell. So what do you think about this one, Phil? Are you a Teferi's pro fan? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm not too too much of a fan of the card existing, but now that it does, I play it in every deck. <laughs> it's, like, such a feel-bad if you finally assemble some combo or get through lethal damage and then, oh, peace out. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's not... I, but I, would I agree play with it that. in every white deck, obviously. It's just it's because it's not in semicolor still. That's why. <laughs> Can't play it with Risen Reef. <laughs> yeah. uh, if it's you're... just so good. It just gives you a free, I'm not dying for this turn. And that's pretty good. True. Yeah. Imagine Tomer casting a fadeaway, and then you just a fairy's pro. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Safe. Ooh, no permanent I, I, sacrificed. Seth, Could have I just been. I, I don't think I'm casting strong. Strong. protection <laughs> in response to fadeaway. I'll just pay the mana. <laughs> also, I have no creatures, so why would I care about fadeaway? Yeah, okay. Fadeaway's not very good against Krim, but not everybody plays Krim decks. Creatureless <laughs> no, but even, Drago. Even, even creature decks, I don't even know if they care. <laughs> it's good. All right. It's, I'll just it's keep getting me. you of it. It's gotten I'll me keep before. getting you all of it. Don't worry. It's coming. Commander Clash Season 13. It's coming. <laughs> You're the fadeaway. <laughs> all right. I mean, yeah. And the fact that it's it just got reprinted. Like, this is the time to pick up. The oh, I agree. Yeah. yeah. $22. It might go down to like 20 or something. Uh, I would pick it up. And like, then you know just, it's going to go back to 40 if it doesn't yeah, get reprinted. Yeah. Like, you know, all the commander cards, like, that always happens. I think out of all the cards we listed so far, this is the one I agree with the most. Like, <laughs> this is just, like, slam good. Uh, unless you want to depower your deck, then leave it out, I guess. <laughs> I think this is all fine right. even in casual, so I don't understand. But I guess yeah. I have a higher threshold for what I accept. You- and- <laughs> I didn't hear about salt about the fairies prediction casual, but maybe let us know if it's a salty card. Um, all right, uh, next up, Krim, what do you got for us? 
Next card we've got is, well, you know, another sweeper. I've got, I've, it's two in a black. It's a sorcery speed as an additional cost to cast this spell, pay X life. All creatures get minus X minus X until end of turn. That's right. It's ca Toxic Deluge. This is a very, very good sweeper for the price that you're paying. Three mana. And on top of that, the like monetary price. Like $17. Uh, this mm -hmm. was way more expensive, but it has dropped. And for $17, like unless you're like at really, really low health here, this card and in a, in a game of Commander where you start at 40 like the additional cost isn't really that noticeable and it's something that comes down for like just again the three mana is so nice and it can deal with anything unless they get teferi's protected out of the game but like this that's just what more can you ask for out of a board wipe right like mana efficiency what it does what it gets rid of gets around indestructible uh i love everything about it the black fade away this, this is my number one black sweeper <laughs> like toxic deluge is is the first one i add to all of my decks so uh, I definitely think it's worth spending on. Like, it's just so efficient, yeah. and it deals in indestructible stuff. Like, sure, it costs a little bit of life, which can sometimes be annoying, but it, all the upside you get out of its efficiency and getting around, like, hexproof threats or indestructible threats or whatever, like, that's actually a, a really big upside there. So I definitely think it's worth 15 bucks or 17 bucks or whatever. It goes, like, in every deck, too. Like, if you yeah. play black, I yeah. think you can definitely just play this, right? Like, there's no... The yeah, this is the first we brand to five color. Like in five color, this is the first wrath I I will add to most of my five color decks. And this is why I like demonic tutor so much. Like if you if you need a board wipe on your turn and you don't have one in your hand and you have a demonic tutor, you can pay two demonic tutor, pay three toxic deluge. That's just yep. five mana, so it's very doable, doable to do when you need it. Whereas if you like diabolic tutor and then you toxic deluge and seven, and it's like eh, it's a little bit more. A little more dicey, but like the mana efficiency is why I like this card a lot. Toxic Deluge. It's almost as good as Fade Away. <laughs> we're not. We're not, <laughs> we, we not going to do that. We're not going to do It's going to happen. Okay. Richard okay. convinces people at Secret Rendezvous. I can convince people at Fade Away. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's strictly a better card. <laughs> okay. okay so. Well, it's the. Would it's the minus minus effect of faded away. Of, of, oh, wow! Now I got me. Tomer's got you. Technically, damnation is just one mana more, and you don't really play it on turn three most of the time. Like I'm, mm. I'm just a devil's advocate here. Like it's obviously better than damnation, but it, it's not irreplaceable. But, but on the other hand, I would also agree with all of your arguments i was just wondering because it's not yeah. like you need I, it to be three mana to cast it on turn three it's just cool that it's so cheap and splashable. So, right. so i think part of it with black wraths is you have toxic deluge at three you have damnation at four and then after that you're really up to to either conditional stuff like extinction events or whatever or five mana stuff right like as far as how black wraths go so i feel like if you want one of wraths that are less than five mana which i think you do usually you're pretty much having to uh, gonna have to pay 15 20 bucks to get a copy of them between toxic deluge and damnation so you might as well and then i think there's like a pretty big drop like after after those two, you get to the crux of fate level, which is kind of like, eh, like it's fine yeah, for budget, but I'm not excited about it. Yeah, I'm struggling oh, damnation to is think of other board wipes in black that are like on that level. 
when you think of black as a color, you think of destroying creatures, but then when you look through their yeah. list of board wipes, it's actually not like white, where it's like so many options. It's white not stars. not nearly as many. I've played many years of standard, wondering why can't I just get more damnations? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Krim, you're the resident, like, Grixis player. What, after after Damnation and Toxic Deluge, what's your go-to board wipe? Blasphemous Act. Or, what about in black? black. Oh, oh, black. Just you got black. Meatball in there, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would go Meatball Massacre, and then I think yeah. afterwards it would probably be uh, Crux, and then Life's Finale. Oof. Then you're like six mana, right? Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that's my uh, that's my curve. That that's a crim curve right there. <laughs> right? I'm I'm curving out everybody. I I feel like blood on the snow is really good too. If you can yes. get enough snow, if you can get enough snow to make it work. Like if you're playing mono black and you have a bunch of snow basics, the reanimation upside is like pretty nice. But if you're is playing five color or something, kill then... most creatures and get something back. Like it's a two for one, right? It is. It kills nice. everything, right? Yeah, it kills yeah. everything. Oh, every planeswalker. And but it reanimates. I, like that, but I want to throw legit. away your combos. That's why I like Life's Finale. Uh, <laughs> Grim, yeah, I, I can see Grim liking it. You just, you just right, get, like, them, get their things in the graveyard. <laughs> yeah, like throw away your combos. and then <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> Monstrous. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Oh, this is one that I like a lot, actually. Phil, what, what's the next card on your list that you would recommend picking up? Yeah, so I might seem a bit hypocritical here, saying that, ooh, Cyclonic Rift isn't fun. Uh, the next card on my list is Oko, Thief of Crowns. Not sure if yes. I have to read all of it, because some people might still have PTSD from Standard. Well, some people uh, don't, know, don't know what Standard is. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's a three-mana Planeswalker that has way too much loyalty, pluses for food tokens, and to make everything an elk. And that's the cool part about it. Uh, you can turn your opponent's commanders into elk, and they lose all abilities, and they are still on the board, and they can't recast it. And then you can exchange control with the man. This card, so it's <laughs> right now it's at twelve bucks, which is I might just get it. I know it's a very dirty card it to play, but low. it's very low, and the card is just I don't know why it's. Maybe it's out of courtesy for your opponents that it's not played more. But then again, people play heuristic studies and stuff. So I think people just think it's way more expensive than it is right now. It's just 12 bucks because it's banned mm. literally everywhere else. <laughs> except it is for the Wind best Check. Planeswalker ever printed. Yeah, it's also... But Planeswalkers are just It does get worse in multiplayer. Great. But like yeah. every single time we've seen it in multiplayer, it's like... It's really a three good. drop though. You can play it gilded goose. You can do the standard thing in commander. And you'd still be probably ahead of the board for a couple of turns just with gilded goose oko. It's just so good. <laughs> I mean, it's... if you turn two an oko in commander, yeah, it's real. It's... Good. Yeah, it's even if real you good. even if you like plus one oko one time and it dies, it's still decent. Like you turned a commander into a three three with no abilities, yeah. and they have to go out of their way to kill their own commander to recast it. Like, yeah. I mean, if I'm you think about it, the, good. the, the floor is that, the more I think about it, it's so... the, the floor is like a beast within, and beast within yeah. is a stable, like a slightly worse beast within. It's sorcery speed, it doesn't get enchantments or whatever, <laughs> but really, like, 
And you get this high ceiling that it can stick around and do it multiple times. And we've seen some Commander games where it does stick around forever because it gains loyalty so fast. Where if it comes down on turn two or turn three, like <laughs> it gets no up one... to like 10, 12 loyalty and just no one can deal with it. You have I three think... opponents and you just can't deal with <laughs> Like six loyalty ticking up. Command. Why does it plus two and enter you, with you four? Have, you have two opponents. You know, I don't got creatures. And the one I do, I can't commit because it becomes an elk. <laughs> I think the price memory thing is part of it. I would have picked up one of these for $12 to play in my commander decks if I had realized 100%. it, but I had the like the standard price in my head of this being like a $70 card and thinking, oh, it's probably like 50 now or 40 and do I really want to spend that much? But $12, that seems like a just a snap buy, like such a easy addition to whatever, yeah. I, I might tw- literally order one. $12 is hilariously high for Actually. a card you cannot play in any format except <laughs> That is true, but if you don't play these formats. I might, yeah, yeah, I might actually fair. order one of these if I find a play uh, <laughs> price that's like comparable to this in euros. So uh, I'm sorry to my play group, but this card is just <laughs> absurd. And it's also, I play Lonis, and the I even have the argument that his ultimate, which he can immediately do, kind of works with my clue tokens. Because I can. I mean, you're already playing Lonus. You don't yeah. need to have. You don't. Your niceties are already out of the window at that point. It's like, yeah. You just lean in on that, all right? <laughs> oh, it's so much synergy, though. Oh, it's, it's, I, it, this is one of my favorite things where Phil draws the line. He's like, Ugin's just not yeah, fun. Yeah. Check this out. I'll steal all your permanence, but I don't want to force a will. That's too gotta, far. Ugin's got to have a code. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, this card is sick. It's, I, I guess sometimes I won't run it just because if I'm like really hard on a theme, maybe I'll run, run an Oko. But honestly, no, because then you can do the Oko puns. Yeah. You can just pull and, out the Oko puns to really rub it in their faces. And I think you justify it in a removal slot. Like, think of it like yeah. a Beast Within. Like, uh, even if like, Beast Within is probably not on theme of what you're doing, but you got to have some removal. Like, think of Oko that way and you can put it in pretty much any deck, I think. Yeah, wrecks any artifact or creature. I, th- I think he's he's good enough to run in just a Simic deck, right? Like a- any of the Simic things, because exactly those reasons that you just mentioned. It could be removable. Yeah. So yeah. for $12, I think this card is dirt cheap for what it does. But also, Planeswalkers, though, are kind of... Unless you're a Planeswalker deck, I find that I'm often cutting a Planeswalker in a sure. normal deck. So that's the I think that's, that's the why it doesn't thing. see that much play. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's still a Planeswalker in a multicolor format. And for $12, you know, that it's not much for what the card is, but for like four more dollars, I can get a Seagate Restoration, right? Or something. I don't know. So, but like, the thing is, it's just this card, there is no effect like that is as good as this, be, uh, except for like there's Beast Within's and yada, yada, yada. But like, this is more than a Beast Within, right? So uh, the, the problem is, it is just a Planeswalker. So yeah, it's I guess such a beefy one. It doesn't yeah. feel like a Commander card. I guess that's it. It feels like a super constructed staple. Right, but really you, not. You wouldn't think of Commander when you see one v one. This is a haymaker. Oh, oh, four player, yeah. like I mean, remember Jace the Mind Sculptor is a haymaker, you know, in one one v one. But it's like yeah, hilariously but, bad in like Commander, right? So the sheer power play of dropping this like turn two, you know. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's sure, but so good. Turn two, three fairy. Turn two, this, you know, that like obviously those yeah. are all great, but. Even like a turn three Oko, where you're and really slow on it in green. <laughs> I love Planeswalkers. I love Planeswalkers. But I, I personally think that Planeswalkers are always the 101st card. 
mm-hmm. unless you're a super friends deck. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, except it. for Vivian, Monsters Advocate. She got a get us a pass. I'm still, it every I, I still think that card is wait, Vivian not not the three mana one that gives your essentially creatures flash? No, the one that lets you play from the top of your library and gets oh. creatures. It's, I, it's I just too much I, value. Yeah. If you untap with like that card, the, uh, I, the flash one we can talk about. We can talk about the flash one. And it's like twenty five cents for the flash one. Yeah. No. The other one is ah, oh, love it. It's not too good, but oh, untapping with her. I, I mean, I'm getting mm-hmm. off track. Here. Other card, other card. All right, we'll 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 move on on the list. Um, I'm going to move to something that I find that is probably controversial for me to say, and that's fetch lands. Uh, generally, I say like Ooh. you know, fetch lands aren't aren't a requirement or anything. You can get by with like other lands just fine. And I would say they are overrated. Like, everybody thinks, like, a five-color mana base is unplayable unless you have, like, all the ten fetches and all ten original duels and all ten shocklands, blah, 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 blah. But at the general end of things, I think fetch lands, especially the ones that got reprinted recently, the ones that are, like, I think, uh, not allied, but the other one, enemy ones, mm-hmm. they're, like, in the $25 range. So they're kind of expensive still for a single land slot. But... At the end of the day, they're just good investments. You know, like, having having a play set of fetch lands and putting them in your deck, your deck is going to get better. And even if you take apart that deck, you're going to find a new home for the fetch land all the time. That's why I think I want to suggest them here. Because not only do they uh, provide such amazing fixing when you have uh, dual lands with them, like shock lands and everything, you know, you can, like, crack a misty rainforest and get any forest duel, any island duel. So the flexibility there is fantastic, especially for, like, three color four color five color decks but also they do um put themselves in the graveyard so any graveyard synergies become so much better with them too like a sun titan for example a crucible worlds a ramnev excavator those type of things just get so much better as well um so the synergy potential of them is is really really high and just the fact that their mana fixing is so darn good for multicolor decks makes them i think worth it like like, I wouldn't rush out to buy them, but, like, if you're looking for something to upgrade and you're not really dead set on keeping a specific deck in mind, like, you don't know what you're going to be playing in the next month or so, like, these are just good to pick up. Like, if you can ever find them kind of cheap, I would pick them up because they're just always going to be useful to you no matter what. This is such a tricky one because I feel like... On one hand, building any specific deck, I don't think this would be on my list of like expensive cards to get for that deck. I think I'd rather get something mm-hmm. that works specifically with my the theme of my deck. On the other hand, from the perspective of just like, I want to have a commander collection, I want to be able to build multiple decks, these are probably very close to like at the very top of my list, I think, as far as just like building that collection to be able to make a bunch of decks. The only other thing I'd add about these cards is Fetchlands. They do come with a little bit of an additional investment requirement because they're only as good as what you're fetching up. So if mm-hmm. you're playing fetch lands and getting basic lands, fetch lands are like actively bad. You might as well not be playing the fetch lands in that scenario or whatever. Uh, but uh, so you got to actually have fetch lands and then also invest in like shock lands or at least some sort of hopefully occasionally untapped dual land that you'll be able to fetch up with them to really make Triumph. them worth it. So there is... Triumphs are also, like, wonderful. Uh, I guess you can get... Uh, there's some lesser cycles, you I get guess. You can get snow, these Snowlands. I play them. That's, that's yeah, what, is the it BFC worth Yeah, the Battlelands. Uh, I love them. I feel like if I'm going to... Uh, 
the Battlelands. The Battlelands, I guess, oh, are okay. Yeah. I was thinking the Tap Snowlands. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'd invest too. in the fetches to get those. Yeah, Cyclelands. I feel like they got to come into play untapped a little bit. But just keep that in mind. Like, if you're going to invest in fetches, you got to have something good to fetch up to. So think of it as kind of a package fetches and what you're going to be getting with them. But they are some of the most powerful mana, the most powerful mana fixing we have. So I I might be a little. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, okay. I might be a little biased on them because I noted fetch lands on our list as well. But I play. the landfall deck so yeah i'd be very interested in this effect <laughs> the only thing that kind of sucks about them is you have to shuffle your library with yeah that that's a bit tedious in commander but yeah it's it's just it's almost like a utility land if you like i play tireless track and every deck i can and it gets two clues like landfall triggers and that's what thomas said like a permanent in the graveyard it's it's they do so much and fit in every deck. Like, they're not restricted by any color identity. It's it's just a good thing to have. I wouldn't... Yeah, I don't know. It's just good if you have them. And if you can pick them up cheaply, so you're probably going to use them. I'm a bit of a hypocrite because I took out my fetch lanes <laughs> from my five-color deck just because I don't like shuffling. That was literally it. So if you if you have baby hands, um, then probably avoid them. Has- but... <laughs> Has the deck played any differently now that you've played it with and without fetches? Do you notice like, oh, my mana's yeah. a lot worse. I'm missing a color, so it is <laughs> yeah. actually noticeable. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do notice. It, it does. Stump- I mean, it works fine. It, it, like, it functions fine. But I do notice that I get uh, awkward, awkward uh, hands more often. I mean, you um, just need one fetch and triumphs in your deck, and you can probably cast your entire hand if you just play that one fetch and. Fetch correct. Get the right triumphs. So yeah, good. yeah. I have two fetch lands and I have like five triumphs, and that's like that's what I've left it to. I used to have all ten fetches, and I took I, I cut them out. People like play like pretty much as many fetches as they can, like oftentimes in yeah. decks, right? Like as long as like even shares half like one of the colors, right? Yeah. And and I personally don't think you need to necessarily do that. Like let's just say for example, playing a Grixis deck, I will only have Scalding Tarn, Mire, and Polluted Delta, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't go above and beyond and also throw in, like, woodland, you know, all of that, yada, yada, yada. So, I do think they are a good investment. Uh, just know that if you like blue, I'm sorry, you are going to have to pay more. Blue fetches are always more expensive than <laughs> any of the non-blue ones. Yeah. And I think and- as... As Tomer mentioned, this is another one like Teferi's Protection where it's a good time. Like, we still have Modern Horizons 2 on shelves. They were like $70, some of these, a year ago before Modern Horizons 2 came out. They're down to 25 The cheap ones, the white ones, are down to like 15 for like a Marsh Flats or an Arid Mason now. So especially for the ones that got reprinted, I think this is another case where like the it's the right time to snag your copies. Because a year or two from now, once there's no more Modern Horizons boxes for a cheap price... Usually those cards start ticking back up again, so it might be another one of those cases where this is a good window to get them on the cheap. Yeah, I hate I hate mentioning it right now. I hate <laughs> it because I I've I've built like five color decks without fetch lands. I've built like five dollar mana base or fifteen dollar five color mana bases before, and they worked fine. Like the the Omnath, the four color Omnath deck I made and I played on on Commander Clash, which was uh over a little bit too strong. Um, was it had no no fetches or anything Omnath? in them, so. Really? Four color Never on that. Yeah, who, who would have thought that it, it still functions kind of well? 
Oh, even weird. without the best cards in the deck, who knew? Uh, Card must but be yeah, good. so like you could definitely, you could definitely like build a. F- I, I hate it when people say like, "Oh, I want to build like a, a new player asks like, oh, I want to play a five color deck. How's my how the mana base is?" And like, if you post it on Reddit, every single time, all the upvoted uh, comments are going to be like, "You need fetches, you need shocks," and you really don't. Like, you absolutely do not need those. You, you do, you do to need play. shocks. I think I think you do need shocks. Though. I don't think you do. <laughs> I know you don't I because I've I've done it so many shocks. times before on with, with budget brews. So, like I built f- five color Ramos Lucky Charms, and that's like the most color intensive thing you need. And I, I did it fine with like a ten dollar budget. Like it's easy for the mana base. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're better than shocks though. Like I play, yeah. I literally play <laughs> Toba's um, Omnath deck. But I switched out some lands for the snow lands. I'm playing super budget, by the way. I I don't own an Oko or a Seagate Restoration, but uh, mm. uh, I switched out the uh, some lands for the uh, dual snow lands. And I think these, in combination with fetches, are better than. I guess just having shock lands because fetches are just so much more versatile. If you have just one of every color to fetch up with them, it's just so good. I don't have. I have one fetch now. I was lucky yeah, I enough think to open one. Shocks. Yeah, I think so too. I think fetches are like on their in whole other level. It's just the best mana fixing out there, except for I guess command tower. But yeah. And then you get the extra synergies of, like, landfall and stuff, too. No other oh, land yeah. cycle is offering, like, two land drops with my Lotus Cobra, my Omnath, or whatever. So oh, yeah. they actually serve, like, more of a gameplay purpose than most lands do. Yeah. But usually you go, like, fetches and then shocks and then... And fetches, shocks, cool. triomes. That's the that's the hierarchy, I think, for Commander at this yeah. point. And then everything and then the else. the Abu Duels. Well, yeah, I mean, assuming you didn't <laughs> win the lotto in the past, yeah. in the past month or something, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're rounding the last uh, four cards on our list here. Seth, what do you got for us? Uh, I got a card that probably should just be banned, but it's not banned. (laughs) And there's nothing else that does what this card does, so you should probably buy it, even though it's really expensive. And that's Dockside Extortionist. Uh, I'm sure if you play Commander, you probably know what it does, because it's been a huge topic of conversation. But it's a two-drop that when ETBs, you get treasures equal to the number of artifacts and enchantments your opponents control. Currently, $60, which... Is honestly a little bit disappointing. Um, it just it got reprinted in Double Masters, <laughs> and it was like seventy three dollars before it. <laughs> it got reprinted. So I was hoping this was going to drop down to like forty bucks or something, but it only dropped like ten bucks from its peak, and it's already been ticking back up in the past few days. But the card's insane. Like it is probably just the best red card in Commander. The amount of mana it makes consistently is way over the top for its mana cost. It accidentally fuels combos that win games if you blink it or get it back with Eternal Witness after sacrificing it. It's just an absolutely over-the-top, absurdly powerful magic card. And it's another one of those cards where there's literally no replacement. There's nothing else in red. Red is big about temporary mana. What makes Dockside so much different is, even though it can work like a ritual, where you play this two-drop and you get a bunch of treasures that make a bunch of mana that you can spend right away, the treasures store up. It's it's like a ritual that's giving you mana that you can use in future turns if you want to. And you get artifact synergies out of them and all these other other aspects. So Dockside's just absolutely busted. And even though it might be the moon most expensive card we've talked about so far if you're someone who wants to play red decks or it's another card that you can put in all the way up to five color any color combination especially but it, in five color wor- i think 
I think it's worth it. If I was going to spend 60 bucks on a card, um, uh, the only risk I would say would be it getting banned. That would be the only thing that would give me some some amount of worry. Is This is a card that, if you talk to commander players, I think this is maybe the, the most talked about card as far as could they possibly ban this? Should they possibly ban it? I don't think they're going to ban it, but if they did ever ban it, then it's going to drop down towards... <laughs> Zero dollars is not legal in any other format. Like, there's no no place to play it if it got banned in Commander. I think this card is getting grandfathered in to the format forever. I don't Uh, think it's ever. Probably. I I hate saying it because I think the card should be banned. Uh, And and you know what? I hope this gets clipped and and I'm proven wrong. No, Crim. See, they did ban it. I'd be very happy about that. But I just don't see that happening. And, like, it's two mana. This card is two mana. It fits in the CMC where every recursion spell, like an unearth, can bring this back. It's like you know, what it, like ridiculous. it is. It is absurdly costed in every way possible. Mana value, monetary, like like it's sixty yeah. bucks, and it was reprinted last week. <laughs> so. In the most expensive set of all time at Mythic, which makes no sense despite being predatory to the consumer. Oh, you know why they did it. it oh, yeah, I know. It, it's a, supposed to be a draft set. All right. This is, this is the, the It doesn't the do anything in draft. Why is it, why is it of, a Mythic? Of modern masters. Remember, remember why that? is Mythic? <laughs> like, when, when, Tar- when Tarmogoyf came out, like, came out in yeah. Modern Masters 1, they printed it at Mythic, and that's, that doubled its price. <laughs> so, now it's like 30 bucks, whatever. So, yeah. It's going to take Still. a lot more reprints. Wow. No. It's going to take gonna a lot make more secret reprints. layers out of it. That's the next step. Secret layer dock side. One dock side, three treasure tokens. Treasures. $100, please. <laughs> oh, they, How many they will do that. would it take for this to shrink, to drop in price, though? Because I feel like this is a card that's just going to be forever a red card, right? Like, it'll always be the first red card. I, 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 think, I think it would no. get banned if they printed too much. No. I think it, no. Because. I, I think that is this is the reason why I'm hesitant on saying that this is a card worth picking up is because I think a lot of casual groups, or at least the ones that I've experienced, know the Dockside's too strong. And so people consciously leave it out, much like you leave out Mana Crypt from your decks um, for, for lower power decks. I feel like Dockside usually gets left out because people just kind of know that it is too strong. And that's kind of why I hesitate to, to suggest it, because if you are looking for lower power, mid power games, I feel like Dockside is just kind of like kind of like a, a taboo like uh, to, to run it. And you would you might get some looks, whereas a lot of the other cards we listed on, on the list, like even Cyclonic Rift, like Cyclonic Rift is high on the salt scale from for a lot of people. But like even that, I don't think is not on the same level as Dockside. Dockside is on a is is known to be just like a silly busted card. <laughs> What's Dockside too like? Like Jessica's will. <laughs> well, Jessica's will is actually way more tame than than Dockside. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. It's significantly more tame. But yeah. like that's what I mean. The drop off after there is nothing like Dockside. So yeah. and, and and yeah, like I agree with Tomer. It's hard recommending the card because a it is sixty dollars and it just got reprinted too. Uh, like whole or in B, it's just like I've never seen this played fairly. It's, actually, that's yeah. a lie. I've seen it played fairly once with Corey Burkhardt, who just played it on turn two. <laughs> I mean, it's worth sixty dollars. I think it's worth sixty dollars from like a power standpoint and it's splashable standpoint and everything standpoint. Uh, but my, my hesitance is just like, people know that it is, but like one of the best cards you can run. And so if you aren't at a high power table, it might not 
be something that you'll be wanting to run all the time. If you if you take out the rule zero discussion, all that stuff, I guess like yeah, to, to like keep it within the the realms of the podcast, right? Like it's like yeah, is it worth it? Just simple as that. Like, is it worth it? It is. Yeah, I think it's very and, worth it. And this is the time again. Even though the price didn't drop that much, it did just get reprinted. We're not going to be getting more of them, presumably, for a little while. So even though it's still super expensive, this is probably as cheap as it's going to get. We've even seen this one, like, ticking back up in the last few days from when it got reprinted. So I would I would say get it now if you're going to get it. But Tomer is right that if your playgroup doesn't like it and you're going to buy it and, like, play two games and then stop playing it because because your playgroup is sick of it, then it's not worth it from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Secret Lair Dockside coming in a couple months. I'm calling yeah. it now. <laughs> I mean, they will quoting treasures $100. That's my call shot. I will also say statistically, uh, I looked up in the Wayback Machine some old EDH rec stats in like a year ago. It was played in 13% at X, and currently yeah. it's at 20% at X. So we haven't really seen signs in the data that less people are playing it yet, but that doesn't mean certain playgroups are, are you know, not kind of rules airing it out or whatever, so... We'll see if that mm-hmm. changes in another year. Maybe that number will start to drop as people just get sick of it and its saltiness. Thankfully, I guess I I, I have not experienced it that much in the wild. Unless it's high power or CDH. CDH is like the card, right? So he's probably, I mean, might be the fine. strongest card in CDH. It's yeah. that CDH. I don't, I don't yeah. mind it in CDH because you're actually yeah. trying to optimize your deck. So for this, it's actually it's obviously very good. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. It's just super boring. I mean, Urza is another card that is super strong, but at least it does a lot of unique things. Doxa just says, "Yes, infinite mana. Go infinite with me somehow. You you <laughs> do it like anything. It's just too easy. It's it worst feels, a ritual. It's like a cheat code, and it's like one of the best rituals. But yeah. there's there's another ritual on this list that is, there is. it doubles as it moonlights as as counter magic and from you <laughs> mention it, uh, it's my favorite. A... It's the counter spell, right? It's the counter spell. It's mana drain, and it's my favorite counter spell in all of Magic: The Gathering. It's blue blue, and <laughs> let me get the actual straight up text for it. Counter target spell at the beginning of your next fa- main phase. Add an amount of colorless mana equal to the spell's mana value. Simple as that, right? And this is like a blue... This is the most blue ritual you could have. You counterspell. I know there's high tide. But the thing here is you <laughs> you could just like do... You could counterspell and then immediately like the following turn on your main phase play some massive artifact or like spam the board with a bunch of like mana rocks or something. Like the additional mana that you get from mana drain is so helpful that it is... The best counterspell that you could have. I know that Force of Will is free. Like, it can be free, which is nice. But it doesn't help you do a follow-up, which is what I love about Mana Drain. Right? Like, like Mana Drain can immediately burst, give me that burst of mana to play a six-mana commander or something afterwards. Or or cheat something into play after taking out your best play. So, I absolutely love this card, and it's like 46 bucks. And I, and I think you could actually get it for even cheaper. I think that's just, like, on average what it's going for right now. So for $46, this is, it's not just a counterspell. That's the thing. If you're thinking of it as a counterspell, that, that is not all it is. It is a burst in ramp, and I love that for blue. 
<sighs> is it better than fierce though? Yeah, I have such mixed feelings. Force. Look, I, I think it's better than fierce and force because the effect here is like, sure, I can force you, I can fierce guardianship you, but that's not going to help pay for my command attacks because like now I've countered your spell, right? So I want to now take advantage of that, right? By taking advantage of that. Force of Will doesn't help me with that. It doesn't give me that burst of mana to then play a Planeswalker and then still hold up mana to use my other counter spells, right? So I, I do like what Mana Drain <laughs> does. <laughs> to use my other counter spells. Right. But, like, okay, okay this is you, the best. This is probably the best for Draw Go, which is Krim, what, what Krim plays every game. So yeah. I get that. If you're playing a counter spell deck, if you're playing counter spells in your deck, you're going to want this. Why wouldn't you? Because yeah. oh, you definitely do. If you're playing the, a counter spell deck, yes. This is the, no, no. This any is any the, deck with counter spells, I like okay, like in it. Fair. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. This is I definitely will say in my top three, but it's I, the I would first put it third. It's the first non-free counter spell I add to decks. Yes. Like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna add uh, counters to decks, usually it's Force of Will number one, and then maybe it's Manadry number two. I don't like the uh, Fierce Guardianship that much, and Force of Negation is somewhere in the top three, but. But yeah, so it's either my number one or number... Or it's probably my number two counter spell. And I do like it. The mana is a really huge deal. Uh, and it does make you unique. I mean, it does. There's not another counter spell that is cheap and is also going to potentially ramp you, you know, five mana, six mana, eight mana, ten mana, depending on what you hit. So I definitely think it's worth it uh, yeah. if you want to play decks that... If you want to play counter spell decks, essentially, like uh, if you want to play the decks that want counter spells, this is a really great one to have in your in your deck, and I would pay the the money for it to have that effect, right? Because like the the tempo is also great, right? Like the the like like tempo decks, it's great because I'm able to counter you, maybe play my commander, like my rogues deck. I'm able to play Anna One for dirt cheap, and then hold up counter spells behind that. In my control <laughs> deck, I'm allowed to play draw go. <laughs> Right, so that's even better. Now I can play a win con. See, so then people don't get mad that you counter their spells. Look, I have a win con. Yeah, love, you see, <laughs> I love how every sentence ends with "so then I can leave up another." So then I can yeah, leave yeah, up another yeah, counter. Yeah, I get yeah. the mana. I get to do stuff, and then leave up another counter. I mean, I'm keeping all my mana. I do not want to do that. Or 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 hold removal. You get opposition yeah. agent mana still. Now you get to do all the. If you if you function on an instant speed access, this card is exactly what you want. It allows you to counter a threat, play a threat yourself and hold up defenses and have shields up. Mm-hmm. Which is like everything a blue mage wants to do. On the other end, counter spells like a dollar. And it does the same thing except you don't get the mana. Which is all the difference though. The mana the mana is what changes it here. If it were just like that's counter true. spell, I would play Arcane Denial, right? Like that's like a dollar. Also yep. a dollar and probably better than counter spell. But I, I think that the mana here is precisely why you play it. It is pre- exactly why it is the first counter spell I put. Fierce is great, but I mean, uh, Force is great, but it, I, the card disadvantage thing is real in a multiplayer game. It is real. It, yeah. Like Force is like an emergency red button that I can use only. I only use only like stop a game like losing combo or something like that, right? I, so, yeah. I love Mana Drain as a way to counterspell but be proactive. As weird as it sounds, yeah, I, I, I think I, yeah. I know what you mean with like you really force something if you. If you lose the game, otherwise, but mana drain f- doesn't have this feel bad effect that you have when you play with multiple people. So you can just like if you you can counter something that's not essential to winning the game or something. You just get something right. more from it's it. So that's actually a good point. Yeah, it's, spell, it's right? kind like of that's... a proactive. Yeah. It sounds weird a, because you think yeah. proactive and counter spells like th- those are like yeah. not, not <laughs> those are oxyborns, but but it is it is exactly yeah, for that, that reason. That's a good point. Yeah, 
I, I, I love I, that we just play Mana Drain. It's like obviously super busted, but I, I'm fine with it and I'm fine with my opponents playing with it and I'm just happy that we can play this extremely... Bro- it's it's just so much strictly better counterspell, but I guess That's we all are fine with it. Because cool. we're like on the higher end of mid, I would say, usually. Like, we're still definitely mid-power. We're not high-power, but we're on the higher end of it and like Mana drains is fine in our group. Like we also play fierce and stuff. I still think fierce is in, in force is better just because I, I tremendously value free spells. Um, but this is my third, and I definitely would pay money. I would pay that amount to to pick it up because it is that much better than counter spell or any of the mana requirement ones. Because <laughs> it does ramp. Like you could just like you get five extra mana and you get to cast a spell uh, or counter spell at the same time. Like it just. There's no equivalent. There's like two bad ones. There's one that clashes from Lorwyn. Oh my god! Yeah, and Plasm Capture, which is like four mana Simic spell, and they're just not even in the <laughs> same so ballpark. Capture. I mean, is yeah. blue, those blue, are green, green. Yeah, <laughs> those are the not. testament to how broken the original is. Like when yeah. Wizards tried to remake it, they put it in two colors and doubled the mana. Like that's that's <laughs> a huge well, there's, a, there's one if you win a clash, but that's still four mana. It's also blue. a spell swindle or something. The one that creates treasures. Yeah, and that's like but that's six. five, man. Five, <laughs> I think five. five yeah. yeah, so they, you're not yeah. casually Mana. leaving up five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, Drago only, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, last two cards on the list. Phil, what's the second last one here? Yeah, not really what you would expect, considering that I hate uh, Ristic studies. But <laughs> an okay card is Esper Sentinel. Uh, it's a one mana. Wait, let me just read the exact text. One white mana, one one artifact creature, human soldier. Whenever an opponent casts their first non-creature spell each, each turn, draw a card unless that player pays X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So if you want to cast a spell that's not a soul ring on turn one, Esper Sentinel is a pretty good one. Like... We've seen games where this draws like eight cards or something, but we also seen the game where it didn't draw any card, but I <laughs> kind of taxed the entire table with it, and it was just a failure. Uh, which Richard let you good. draw cards. Oh, yeah, at some point I got to draw some cards. It's just I so much that. value for one mana. You preyed on the mana screwed player, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. could have just let me... Could, Draw cards. Absolutely dude. not. On principle, <laughs> yeah. no. On principle, no. <laughs> I have morals, yeah. okay. So the card is kind of pushing the limits of what a what the value on a one drop can be, and I guess that's worth twenty two dollars. And these are all pretty expensive, but that's magic. But if you want to have as much value on a one drop as possible, I I think Esper Sentinel is the way to go. Just it's just too much, and it's an artifact. That's that's actually crazy that it's an artifact and it's a human, which is slightly relevant. I guess more so for Krim here as a human player, but artifact, it's it's, it's wild. So much value, so much text you on a one drop. Get it with Urza Saga. And, and you it just can't. Play, uh, you can't get it with Urza Saga, unfortunately. Oh, it's got to be the I specific tried. colorlessness, but oh. uh, I will say oh, I, I love that it so plays cool so well that. with white's themes, though. That's probably mm-hmm. the biggest upside is like. White is the color of putting auras on things, putting equipment on things. That's, like, what white does best. And Esper Sentinel 
embraces that so perfectly. It's a cheap creature to flip your dowsing dagger or whatever early in the game. And then the bigger you grow it, the less possible it is for your opponents to pay for it. And then you really are drawing a ton of cards throughout the game. So yeah, Esper Sentinel, easy, easy buy. And another card that I wouldn't play in literally any five color deck, but creature decks, things that work with the theme, I would slot this into non-white decks as well. Like it's, it's that strong that you can play it in multicolor decks easily. I put it in like blue decks and I've loved it there. Like it's just such so much value for a one drop. Yeah. And yeah, it does work so well with, with whites like staples. Like Sun Titan gets it back, Ranger of Eos fetches it up, Finds and Tiger fetches it. You know, so put equipment on it, Panora's awesome. Put equipment on it. That yeah. card's in works with its absurd. major themes. Yep. Yeah, this is just a good card. A little bit annoying. To, to always ask the, the pay, but you only pay you only ask it one time per turn maximum, which is nice. I like that, that does help, and it's easier to play around than something like Rhystic yeah. Study. I like that it doesn't trigger every spell. That would be yeah. that would be a little bit annoying. And I, I think like if you're especially if you're mono white, like you need to have certain like staple cards to kind of ha- help the deck function. And that's Sentinel is one of the best in doing that. So <laughs> I think that's good. Kermie, you look like you were about to say something. No, no, I, I okay. fully agree. I love, I love this card. I, I, you know, I, I don't think it's like OP or anything. I, I think it's just no. a good card. It's, yeah, it, it's like I don't put it in every deck. Actually, I just put it in like my humans deck and like maybe an artifact deck. I don't, I don't necessarily find it that good to where I'd put it in every deck. Yeah, that's fair. It's definitely many rungs lower than Rhystic Study, at least from our statistics on it. Like, it's, yeah, it seems like a balanced card, at least in our group. Um, like not, not crazy but like good. Even yeah, you don't seth feel at the table now seth was paying for it like yeah we, yeah me and seth have a have an agreement on that i paid for uh, it before it happened yeah. once there's yeah. video proof there's video it proof by accident <laughs> editor one editor show the one time i paid for I'm it not there <laughs> seth starts getting responsible yeah. okay yeah All i wouldn't right. go that far <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of paying for it, the last card on the list and in my pick is begrudgingly <laughs> Smothering Tide. Smothering Tide, four mana, white enchantment. Um, it says whenever an opponent draws a card, uh, they either pay two mana or you make a treasure token. Um, so the more cards your opponents are drawing, the more treasures you're going to be making. Two mana is far more, mon- far more mana than one uh, in terms of paying taxes. So odds are people will not pay for Smothering Tide. Like sometimes they do if they have if they're swimming in mana and stuff. But like if they're drawing extra cards, you're going to be making you're making like the the minimum usually for a Smothering Tide around a circle. It's being making three mana each turn, which is like a Thran Dynamo at that point. But more likely, it's going to be making six, eight, even more mana uh, per turn cycle. So this I would say is the strongest ramp card in white, which I already consider. One of the best ramp cards in in the or ramp colors in the format. I think it's it goes green, then either white or black. I think white is is second best, but this is the best one, and it's so good that I will actually run it in green decks. And that is one of the only cards I will say in terms of ramp. One only cards ramp cards I would run in actually a white green deck. Uh, it's it's that powerful. It it matches the level of like the best green stuff. I think. Um, and that's high praise for a non-green uh, color. So, yeah, I I personally have cut it for most of my decks because it's a little bit too strong for most of the, the decks that I'm running. 
but I can't deny that it is very good. And at certain power levels, and especially many play groups, it is just totally fine to run. Um, so if if you are at a play group that it, it's totally a, a good level, this is something I would snap pick. It would probably be the, be the first white card. Well, actually, maybe Teferi's protection would be the first one. But this one is like definitely, definitely up there in terms of like you can slide into any deck and it will just get better. Ah, oh, it's so good. It's it's so good. And I think that <clears throat> it's just so far ahead of the other white, white ramp spells. White definitely has a lot of ramp, but I think that this really stands alone as the best of the bunch. It's like a a slow Dockside extortionist. Like if you can't actually you can't combo with it like Dockside and just go off and win the game, but the amount of mana it produces over the course of the game once you get this on the battlefield, it's really really immense. So, yeah, I think this is one of the most important white cards to have. I think it's good in other colors too, but in mono white and specific i think you kind of really need smothering tithe to keep up a lot of the time assuming your play group is playing at a relatively high power it's just like it's so important for uh for white decks to be able to have that mana i i mean like i think this is just a i recommend this because it feels like it scales with the play group i don't i don't care how many like it doesn't matter what power level the deck is right i think it's just good in any white deck if you're a low power deck all you're doing is ramping into more low powered cards if you're if you're playing a high power deck you're ramping into higher things so i again like i i don't i have a very high tolerance and i think that's the main thing so i don't care what you're doing with this card at what whatever power level i think like a low power deck then you just get to cast all your spells forever all your low power spells right yeah but if everybody else is bringing low power decks and the fact that your low power deck is casting everything and your opponents are casting one thing per turn I mean, well, let's be honest. It wouldn't resolve against Krim anyway, so this is all hypothetical. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, oftentimes, I just let this stay, right? Because it's fine. This is, just, yeah, this is a problem. Like, <laughs> like you you can you can deal with this. Right? Like, I, I'm not going to deal with this. <laughs> but Richard mentality. I, I, do, I do think that this card is good. It's very good. I, I, I strongly recommend it. Uh, it is one of... It's probably the number two white card for me, or the number three, but definitely top three. Uh, I, I just don't see why you wouldn't get it. And after a reprint where you can get it for like 30 bucks right now and probably on the cheaper end if you go through other means. Uh, okay, I just got reprinted in Double Master. Right. Yep. This card is just dirt cheap. No reason not to have it. No reason not to have dirt it. Dirt cheap. You... It's still $30. Com- sorry. But... <laughs> for, for what it was, it, I consider it dirt cheap. Like it was like 45 bucks, 50 bucks, right? And like you can get it now for like $22. So, oh, I think it's actually is it twenty two now? I feel like no, it's no, already no, it's climbed back up in price a little bit. Okay, so it's like thirty. I mean, Never that mind. is a the nice window's discount, gone. though. The from, window's gone. Yeah. It's not <laughs> get cheap it, anymore. <laughs> get it, get it soon. Get it soon because price is already going back up. I guarantee you, by the time this video up goes up, <laughs> oh like, it'll already be past thirty dollars. Then yeah. it was in a it was in a brawl deck. I I got the brawl yeah. deck. I think is how I have my smothering tithes. Getting those for like, like twenty bucks or so whatever. Good. I'm picking up ten, and I picked up ten for four dollars each. So I spent forty dollars. I was like, wow, this is great. I'm Ooh. set for the rest. I was a bit about to retire, <laughs> and I opened a ton of these in the booster boxes, and I was super Ooh. upset. I'm like, this card is trash. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was in sixty card formats. What am I gonna do with this? True. <laughs> I I played this commander back then. I played this one time and it was with the 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 emergency powers deck with Dovin Bond. Yeah, but like other than that, like this card was trash in one v one. So like, <laughs> I would never play it. And now and now I'm very happy that I opened a ton of them. So yeah. All right, um, not much to discuss there, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's just powerful, but 
bit obnoxious to ask mm-hmm. if you pay the two, which nobody will. I think I think it's I think it's the socializing part, having to actually ask your opponents <laughs> yeah. things. Tell me, tell, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna lie, to you, that's a little bit of a deep dive there, okay? But I'm thinking it's the socialization part that Magic players don't want to do. <laughs> that's an annoying socialization part. I don't I hey. consider this like a positive social interaction when you ask somebody to Look, pay the two I don't want to sell you this car insurance, but I got it, okay? <laughs> so, oh, <God. yeah. laughs> yeah, social the social interactions I really want. Like, have you heard about? Your extended car warranty. I'm here to call you about <laughs> our, your extended car warranty. <laughs> and then when I hang up on you, Chris, like nobody wants to socialize. Yeah, why does no one want to talk and socialize and have a good time? You know. <laughs> yeah, I hate recommending this. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what we have to say to this whole list. It's not like we say, hey, you're just starting starting out commander, pick up these cards and your playgroup's going to love it. Obviously, we try to get Cat the best out, bang yeah. for a buck with this. Like, I won't suggest you get Smothering Tide in your, as your first thing to upgrade a deck. It's just, if you want good power for money, it's... They're all pretty expensive, and I'm not going to stop you from just taking a piece of paper and writing Mana Drain on it. I will oh, look yeah. at you funny if you counter my foil promo or whatever with a piece of paper that says Mana Drain, but I'm still going to laugh about it. So you recently fun. scribbled it, too. You're it's like, even, hold on one second. I got on the stack when you pull out my piece of paper. It's <laughs> even funnier if you do that. So I'm, I'm here oh for my that. God. Also, yeah. as as we've all learned in Magic, anything that's uh, good or whatnot, you know, I don't. You shouldn't worry about that. Just get the biggest bang for your buck because anything oh, good yeah. will always rub somebody the wrong way. It'll it'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Proxying is free. Play what you want. Yeah. Are, these are just cards that we say like, if you want to pay money on cards, these are probably good good choices to pick up first as a priority. Um, that was the entire intent of the podcast. But yeah. Play what you want. Except for fade away, don't play fade away. Yeah, no, that, that, that was is the a, real that point. Is a bad fade investment. away. <laughs> Do not the play toxic deluge. Toxic deluge. It's got to be free. I, I think that <laughs> local game stores just literally it's throw them under out dollar. to everyone who walks in. Yeah, check the bulk bins at your LGS. You might find no. it. All right, uh, that's it, everybody. We've got I don't know twelve. I think that was twelve. Yeah. 12 options for you all to think about uh, in terms of things to pick up. Let us know what you would say uh, are good cards that you are over $10 that you think are worth picking up, worth their value in terms of like if you do want to spend money on magic cards, uh, what you would go for. We're aiming for like, you know, casual, obviously. Um, But, you know, competitive EDH might have entirely different criteria. A lot of these cards probably wouldn't make the list there. Uh, so that, but that's that's like what we're aiming towards anyway. Uh, hope you enjoyed, everybody. Buy our playmats, um, limited edition, limited quality, quantity, and all that stuff. Not limited quantity, limited time frame to purchase it. Unlimited quantity, just up to whatever we get ordered, we we print out, print to order. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm tired. I need a coffee, so we're gonna end it here. Wait, uh, wait, wait. Yeah, like Somebody- subscribe. Hey, what? somebody has to like the video though, because I don't, I'm not watching this podcast. So one, yeah. one person that usually doesn't like the video has to like it you because I'm one new viewer to one make a video. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got to make a new viewer. <laughs> Show this to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> Show it to someone. Like and subscribe. And that could use this, this video. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
hey you have you have a, a kid and the kid watches anything put on the commander class podcast for them why not we don't swear so that's good i guess right we, we talk about meat hook massacres but i mean that's fine <laughs> i said meatballs so that's even family friendly. meatball massacres right which is when nice. you're really hungry and you need a lot of meatballs. <laughs> you're, you're slaying meatball people's massacre. hunger. Massacre those meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Child-friendly <laughs> podcast right here. Wholesome. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Until next time, friends. See ya.